For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. It is this spirit, the Holy Spirit, that puts you into the church of Jesus Christ that is referred to here as the one body. Jesus Christ is the head of the church. The church is his body. No preacher, no deacon can shake your hand and give you a Bible and a hymn book and put you in the church. You might join their local assembly, but when we talk about the body of Christ, it's a spiritual thing. Praise the Lord. And the only way you can get in there, you cannot walk through physical doors. Amen. It takes the Holy Ghost to put you in the church. You can sit up in the building like this that we call a church, but until you have the Holy Spirit, amen, you are not in the true church of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. And that's important. Amen. Turn back to Romans chapter 8 and verse 11. I want to show you something else, praise God. Because, amen, here's something that we ought to pay attention to also. Because if you do not have the Holy Spirit abiding within, you have no resurrection power. When you die, and the Bible says it was appointed on the man once to die, and after death the judgment. If you die before Jesus comes, you will not go back with him, amen, without having the Holy Ghost. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 11, But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, hallelujah, dwell means to live, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken, quicken means to give life to your mortal bodies by his spirit, hallelujah, that dwells in you. If you don't have it, praise God, hallelujah, amen, praise God, you're not getting up out of the grave at the first resurrection. Amen, praise God. That's the resurrection with power. Praise God. And so today, I don't think we can afford to be so flippant, amen, and so lax and so carefree as to whether people have the Holy Ghost or not. You need to have it for those four reasons that I've stated, and there are more. But you need to have it like the Bible says, amen. Otherwise, amen, just to review, you are not born again. You are not a child of God. You are not in the church of Jesus Christ, and you will not rise from the dead at the first resurrection. Amen. This ought to be impetus enough. It ought to stir your heart enough, amen, to want to really receive the Holy Ghost and to make sure you have it like the Bible says. Praise God. And so I want to stress just a few things this afternoon. Amen. Continue to stress the importance of receiving the Holy Spirit. Amen. And I want to encourage you, amen, if you don't have it, amen, to go ahead and receive the Spirit of God. Amen. And I don't want to cast doubt in the minds of those of you that say you have it. Amen. But you need to confirm by Scripture and by experience, praise the Lord, that lines up with the Scripture that you have the Spirit of God. And if you have the spirit of God in you, you ought to know Ephesians 4 and 30 that says, Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Amen. And so here in our text this afternoon, praise God. Amen. The Bible says that Jesus was attending of the Feast of Tabernacles. And this was prior to his crucifixion. Amen. There were three major great festivals that the children of Israel were commanded by Moses to attend. And all the men folk had to be at, this, at these great uh, 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 feasts. Amen. One uh, was the feast of the Passover. Another was the feast of Pentecost. And the third was the feast of Tabernacles.
And each of these feasts had agricultural as well as spiritual significance. This last feast, the Feast of Tabernacles, amen, had significance even for us today. For during this feast, the Jews celebrated the ingathering of the harvest. Praise the Lord. Uh, the spiritual significance of this celebration focused on remembering God's providential care for their ancestors as they journeyed from uh, through the wilderness, amen, from Egypt on their way to Canaan, the promised land. Uh, and uh, according to the Old Testament, during this time, the celebrants of this great feast would make booths or simple shelters made of intertwined branches to identify with their ancestors who during their time lived in temporary shelters. Israel was marching through the wilderness, praise God, and so they had no permanent physical dwelling. And so they set up tents, amen, hallelujah, they lived in tent cities. And so, amen, even though after that time, Amen. Israel will be established in land and established in the earth and Jews would live in physical houses. Amen. Even to this day, there are Jews who are orthodox or following the teachings of Moses to the letter that will set up booths or tents, uh, little huts, even in their yard. You ride through West Hartford sometime. Amen. You'll find that even to this day, praise God, amen, there are those that set up these booths and they live there, amen, to commemorate God's bringing the nation of Israel through the wilderness, amen, when they had no permanent dwelling. The Feast of Tabernacles, they tell me, lasted eight days. And on the eighth day, amen, it was dubbed the great day of the feast. Amen. So over the process of time, it had become very customary for the priest to visit the pool of Siloam on that last day and to draw water and to return with the water to pour it out as a thanks offering unto upon the sacrifice. And perhaps, amen, it was at this time that Jesus stood and shouted to everyone who was assembled and he said, if any man thirst... Let him come unto me and drink. Uh, to the natural mind, uh, amen, Jesus' action and statement didn't make any sense. Uh, however, in the realm of the spirit, uh, amen, what he did made perfect sense. Uh, for Jesus was not talking about natural water, uh, amen, but he was uh, drawing upon this imagery to reveal a greater truth. Uh, Jesus was talking about a spiritual refreshing. He was talking about the Holy Spirit which would come in due time to give eternal life to all that would believe on him. Praise the Lord our God. Amen. He said, praise God, amen, that you had to come to him if you wanted to drink. Amen. Have your thirst quenched in an everlasting way. Perhaps some of you remember a few chapters earlier, that fourth chapter of the book of John, when Jesus talked to the woman at the well, and he said, listen, I'm going to give you water, and the water that I give you, amen, you will never thirst again. She was thinking in her natural mind, praise God, because she was not regenerated, amen. All she could think about was, oh, you're talking about water, but I don't even see you with a bucket huh? and what kind of water is this that you can drink and never be thirsty again matter of fact if there's such water as that amen sir give me of this water so I don't have to come back here in the heat of the day and lower my bucket down every day huh? to get a drink huh? amen so we already learned amen through uh, the reading of this gospel that Jesus was not speaking of natural water. Well, what about natural water where the greatest percentage of the human body is made up of water? And the desire to drink water is necessary if we're going to stay alive. God designed our physical bodies and he designed a uh, uh, something called thirst. A desire 
desire called thirst. And at times this desire can become very intense. But as I've already said, Jesus was not talking about natural thirst. He was not talking about natural water, but a spiritual longing for refreshing, a spiritual longing for real eternal life. And this longing is still in the hearts of men and women today. Amen. Hallelujah. And this urge like natural thirst will drive you to want to satisfy it. Amen. What I find today is that people are seeking satisfaction, but they're seeking spiritual satisfaction. Amen. In all the wrong places. Amen. Too many are settling for a sip when they need an overflowing cup. Hallelujah. Of cool, refreshing spiritual satisfaction. I remember years ago as a high school football player. Amen. Praise God. We we were out there playing on the field and during the practice. And hallelujah. Many times you couldn't get any water. That was discipline back then. Amen. They'd make you play sometime and it'd be hot out there, especially in August when you're training. Amen. Praise God. But when the practice was over, they'd let you run and get a drink. And this park that we played at had a pipe coming out the ground. Amen. And the pipe was just sticking up and had water flowing out of it. And one by one, we would dive on the ground. Amen. We didn't tell our mothers because they'd probably have a fit. But amen, we were boys and that's what boys do. We dove on the ground and put our mouth near that pipe. Praise God. And amen, we got a, a, a mouthful of water and we let it go down. Amen. Because it refreshed us and it revived us. It was like life going into the body. Praise the Lord. And if you want to have your spiritual thirst truly quenched, there's only one source. Amen. That can do that. And that is Jesus Christ, the Lord. Somebody said he satisfies and joy he supplies. Life would be worthless without Jesus. Hallelujah to God. Amen. You're not going to find satisfaction in wealth. You're not going to find eternal satisfaction in a body of a woman or the body of a man. You're not going to find eternal satisfaction. Praise God in becoming a celebrity. Hallelujah to God. Amen. If you really want to be satisfied, you're going to have to come to Jesus and say, Lord, I want you to fill me with the Holy Spirit. Let the church say amen. In verse 38, praise God, Jesus reveals himself. He said, he that believeth on me, as the scripture have said, not as the this stuff that's being touted today on the radio and the television. This weak, watered down, praise God, powerless gospel that is preached today that's got folk just accepting the Lord in their heart as their personal savior but they have no life, they have no strength they have no joy, they have no power, they have no inspiration hallelujah, you need the real thing, hallelujah you got to believe on Jesus as the Bible said as the scripture said and to those Jews that day he was revealing himself uh, as the promised Messiah of the Old Testament. Uh, Amen. There's over 300 Messianic prophecies uh, in that Old Testament. Uh, And when Jesus talks about the belly, uh, he's not talking about your stomach or mine. Uh, He's talking about the innermost part of our being. Uh, Amen. Praise God. There's something down in the inside. Uh, Amen. That desire to be satisfied hallelujah praise the Lord and food can't do it natural water can't do it praise the Lord money can't do it fame or fortune can't do it praise the Lord amen praise God when you really amen hunger and thirst after righteousness Jesus said you shall be filled so he's talking about the inward most portion of a man there comes an urging and a desire 
you want to get right with God uh, that suggests I can't go on with this frivolous stuff. Uh, I can't go on be a phony or a fake. Uh, I need something. Uh, I've tried this, that, and the other. Uh, and when it's all over, uh, I don't feel any better. Uh, I go back to the things I was going to. Uh, I'm still not satisfied. Uh, hallelujah to God. Uh, but if you come to Jesus, uh, he'll satisfy you. Uh, praise the Lord our God. Uh, amen. The Bible said, uh, praise God that if you have this spirit, uh, amen, it will flow. Uh, it is a life-giving spirit. Uh, the Holy Ghost is not a stagnant spirit. Uh, come on, saints. Uh, that's why we have to feel uh, for the presence of the Lord. Uh, hallelujah to God. Uh, some of you come and you sit up to be entertained. Uh, you come and you sit up in the house of God like a bump on the log. Uh, but you've got to feel after him. Uh, that's what the Bible said in the book of Acts. Uh, amen. When you feel after him, you begin to pick up on the wave of the spirit. Because uh, Jesus said in John's gospel chapter 3 uh, that the spirit is like the wind. Uh, it's blowing, praise God. Hallelujah. Uh, and it's blowing. You can't tell where it's coming from uh, or where it's going. Uh, hey, glory. Uh, so is everyone uh, that is born of the spirit. Uh, when you really have the Holy Ghost, uh, you can't sit there dead and dry. Uh, amen. When you really have the Holy Ghost uh, and it comes upon you and it flows on you, uh, you're going to move. Uh, do I have a witness? Uh, praise the Lord our God. Jesus said it's going to be like rivers. Uh, there's going to be an abundance, uh, amen, of living water. Uh, did not Isaiah declare uh, that God said prophetically, uh, for I will pour our water uh, upon him that is thirsty uh, and floods upon the dry ground. Uh, he said, I will pour my spirit uh, upon thy seed uh, and my blessing uh, upon thine offspring uh, and they shall spring up uh, as among the grass uh, as willows uh, by the water courses. Uh, hallelujah to God. Uh, anytime water is introduced to agriculture uh, there is hope for life. Uh, life springs forth. Uh, it's watered and refreshed. Uh, hallelujah to God. Uh, and that's what needs the stepping. Uh, amen. By the Holy Ghost. Uh, so Jesus was saying listen uh, I'm really not talking about natural water uh, but I'm talking about the Holy Ghost. Uh, that's what verse 39 says in our text uh, in John chapter 7. Uh, amen. Parathetically the Bible said, uh, but this spake he of the Spirit uh, capital S uh, of the Holy Ghost uh, which they that believe on him uh, should receive uh, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given uh, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Uh, hallelujah. When Jesus spoke these words, uh, amen, nobody had the Holy Ghost yet uh, because he had to go to Calvary uh, and pay the price for our sin. Uh, uh, Isaiah said he was wounded uh, for our transgression. Uh, he was bruised for our iniquity. Uh, hallelujah to God. Uh, amen. They beat him. They spat on him. Uh, they slapped him. Praise the Lord. Uh, and they scorched him. Uh, amen. Not because of the wrong he did, uh, but because of the wrong that you and I did. Uh, Isaiah said, all we like sheep uh, have gone astray. Uh, we have turned everyone uh, to his own way. Uh, that's what happens when you sin. Uh, you turn away and you cause others to turn away. Uh, hallelujah. That's what happens when you're a hypocrite. Uh, you mess up other people's mind. Uh, and God's not going to bless a hypocrite. Uh, that's why you really need to receive uh, the gift of the Holy Ghost. Uh, this life-giving power, this well of water, this dynamic refreshing, it needs to come into you. Praise the Lord our God. 
amen, the Holy Ghost uh, is God in emanation. Uh, anytime we hear the word, uh, amen, and we hear that God is moving, uh, he moves by his spirit. Uh, I know John 4, 24 says God is a spirit, uh, but when he begins to move, uh, we call it the Holy Spirit. Uh, right from the book of Genesis chapter 1 uh, and verse 2, uh, the Bible said the spirit of God uh, moved upon the face of the waters. Uh, did not it say so? Uh, hallelujah. When Mary was talking to Gabriel, uh, wondering how she was going to get pregnant uh, without the aid of a man. Uh, well, Gabriel explained it to her. Uh, he said the Holy Ghost shall come upon you. Uh, hallelujah. The power of the highest uh, shall overshadow you. Uh, come upon you means it's moving. Uh, overshadow means it's moving. Uh, praise the Lord. That's why I say if you don't move, you're dead. Uh, I don't care who told you you got it. Uh, you ain't got nothing. They lie to you and you're lying to yourself. Uh, you got to have it with movement. Uh, you got to have it with power. Uh, Holy Ghost is a moving spirit. Uh, let the church say amen. Uh, it blows like the wind. Uh, it stirs hearts and minds. Uh, praise God. It calls your hand to go up. Uh, calls your feet to dance. Uh, calls your mouth to praise God. Uh, and brings joy into your soul. Uh, do I have a witness? Uh, hallelujah to God. Uh, let me tell you something. Uh, you got to have this. Uh, the spirit of Christ. Uh, praise the Lord our God. Uh, somebody said why do I have to have it? Because uh, Jesus said so. Uh, in John 20 and 22. Uh, he said receive ye. Uh, the Holy Ghost. Uh, praise the Lord our God. Uh, oh thank you Jesus. Uh, and like I said before. Uh, if you don't have it. Uh, you're not really in the church. Uh, you're in the building. Uh, but you're not in the church. Uh, if you don't have it. Uh, praise the Lord our God. Uh, you haven't been born again. Uh, if you don't have it. Uh, you don't belong to Jesus Christ. Uh, but all that can change today. Uh, hallelujah to God. Uh, because all you got to do is drink. Uh, from this fountain. Uh, that never will run dry. Uh, hallelujah. Uh, let me tell you what you got to do. Uh, to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Uh, you got to get tired. Uh, of your sin. Uh, a lot of folk are wallowing in sin. Uh, they enjoy sin. Uh, they enjoy things that are not like God. Uh, and as long as you're in that state. Uh, I don't care if you say you got it or not. Uh, you're not going to feel the dynamic presence of God. Uh, hallelujah to God. Uh, if you sin. Uh, and you don't confess your sin. Uh, praise God brother sister. You're not going anywhere. Uh, hallelujah to God. Uh, you've got to humble yourself. Uh, and acknowledge your sin. Uh, you've got to confess your sin. Uh, and say Lord have mercy. Uh, on me. Uh, Paul said in Romans. 6 huh? verse 1 shall we continue in sin huh? that grace may abound huh? God forbid huh? how shall they that are dead to sin huh? live any longer therein huh? some of you aren't drinking huh? some of you aren't swearing huh? some of you aren't smoking or taking dope huh? but you're doing other things huh? that are not like God huh? you can't even be disobedient huh? you can't be a backbiter huh? you can't be insubordinate huh, and make it into the kingdom of God. Huh? You can't be a homosexual. Huh? You can't be a lesbian huh? and make it into the kingdom of God. Huh? You can't commit fornication. Huh? Sleeping with somebody that's not your wife huh? or not your husband huh? and make it into the kingdom of God. Huh? Glory to Jesus. Huh? You got to come clean. Huh? You got to humble yourself. Huh? You got to say I'm a sinner. Uh, and I want to be saved. Uh, 
I've got to be delivered from the mess that I'm in. You're nothing but a slave. Slave to your flesh. Slave to your flesh. Slave to your carnal mind. Slave to your nasty spirit. Hallelujah to God. But somebody ought to be tired of that nastiness. Tired of their filthiness. Tired of their dirtiness. And come to Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're acting like this is a joke today. Like you can live like you want to live, say what you want to say, behave like you want to behave, go like you want to go, do what you want to do, and just because you can pop yourself up in the church and sit down on the pew, it's all right. No, I want to remind you of the word of God that apparently you have forgotten. Jesus said, blessed are the pure in heart. Only those are going to see God. Hallelujah. And so if there's something going on inside you that you're harboring, that you're hiding, something about you that's not right, and you won't acknowledge it and repent from it, praise God, amen, you need to come to Jesus and get a drink. You're living beneath your privilege. You must repent. Hallelujah. And I don't mean attrition. Those are the people that, amen, they're sorry they got caught. And they're arrogant and proud because somebody called them on it. Hallelujah. You see, praise God, it's better to be called on it, amen, before judgment so you can get yourself right. Rather than stand before God, for we must all stand before the judgment seat of Christ and have him call out your unrepentant sin. And then the next thing you hear is the, to the angels to come and get you and tie you up. You can sing and shout and go to hell, saints. Only way you can stay out of hell is you've got to humble yourself and obey the word. Every iota. Every position you hold, you got to obey the word. Not just as a saint, but as a parent, as a child, as a brother and sister in Christ. You've got to obey the word. Hallelujah. God's word will not return into him void. You can't have a filthy attitude at home and come to church and everything is all right. You can't be in that house watching all that trash on television and them filthy movies. Huh? And getting your mind all messed up. And just because you can sit in the church and you don't keel over like Ananias and Sapphira, you feel like you're all right. Listen, it's just a matter of time. Hallelujah. It's just a matter of time. Praise God. Amen. Amen. You don't play with this God that we serve. Don't let these folks make you feel like he's such a loving God. All you got to do is say, I'm sorry, keep going up and go back into the stuff you're in. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. The Bible said, woe unto them. They're called evil, good, and good. Evil. That's the day that we're living in. God's still calling for holiness. Still calling for us to be righteous, to be right with him, to walk upright before him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord our God. Amen. Therefore, praise God. Amen. We need to realize that we need the Holy Ghost. You can't straighten out yourself by yourself. Huh? And the problem with far too many folk, amen, the carnal-minded folk, is they think they're all right. I got you again. If you knew some scripture, you know what I'm talking about. Because the Bible said every way of a man is clean in his own eyes. That's why you can't compare yourself to yourself or compare yourself to anybody else. You got to compare yourself to the Bible, which is the word of God. And if you're out of the book, you're wrong. I don't care how long you've been saved. I don't care, praise God, how many tongues you speak in. Amen. You got to obey the word. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you don't believe it until you do it. Praise the Lord. You know, if the saints would straighten up and walk right, praise God, then the sinner could be converted. Isn't that what David said in Psalm 51? Praise the Lord. Praise you got so many saints, so many folks are supposed to be saved, a walking pigeon-toed, bow-legged, praise God, and running over the, the side of their heels, praise God, so to speak. They don't walk right, amen. And when other people see you, they're confused. But let me tell you something, amen, even if you don't have the Holy Ghost yet and you think you want it, amen, don't worry about hypocrites. Don't worry about it. I don't care what they say. I don't care how often they come to church. Don't worry about hypocrites. I'm here to tell you according to the word, the Bible said the hope of a hypocrite perishes. They ain't going nowhere. They can clap their hands, dance. They can jump up and down and walk on the pews. But if you're a hypocrite, you ain't going nowhere. Hallelujah. You can't be fooled because a person comes in looking like a saint. You got to be a saint. Praise the Lord. Watch your mouth and watch your attitude. Be not so exceeding proud. Huh? God weighs actions. Huh? Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Bible says in 1 Samuel, God looks on the heart. He knows what's going on. And see, when the Lord sees that a person truly has repented and they've come down off of their proud horse, he doesn't play with them or dangle with them or fool with them. He comes in right away. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2, like a rushing mighty wind, and he will fill them. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. This doesn't take a long time. You just can't be a hypocrite. You got to repent and when you really want it, it don't take God a long time to fill you with the Holy Ghost. We're trying to give God a bad name like he doesn't keep his promise. He keeps his promise, but he's never going to go back on his word. Amen. The God that we serve cannot lie. He cannot lie. If he gives the Holy Ghost to somebody that's unrepentant, he is a liar. You might be a liar. I could be a liar, but God cannot lie. When you truly repent like you ought to and believe on him, Jesus said, as the scripture hath said, then here comes the Holy Ghost. Here comes the Holy Ghost. Some of us, we're so used now to bopping with the music. We need to shut the music down. We need to shut it down. Because some of you, the only time you can dance is when you got a beat. You got a beat, you can dance. I'm waiting for the Holy Ghost to get a hold of somebody, praise God, so they can dance without music. So they, so they can feel the joy of Jesus. Amen. If there's no melodious chords filling the air. I'm looking for the real thing. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Not a stomp and a tap. Praise God. That's good. Praise God. But you got to get to the place where you can feel the Holy Ghost without the instrument. The instrument can, music can make anybody feel good. Even Saul, as devilish as he was. Praise God. The Bible said God sent a musician there, sent David. Amen. Let him play the harp for a while. Amen. Because the Bible says Saul had an evil spirit on him. And when the music started, he calmed down. But see, when you don't have it like you ought to, you can't behave yourself all the time. You're good sometimes, you ain't good other times. You can control yourself sometimes, you can't control yourself other times. That's why you need the Holy Ghost, the real Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Because then you give yourself completely over to the Lord. He leads you, he guides you, he takes control. You get your hands off the reins. Huh? And, and let him take over. We used to sing a song that said, any way you do me, Lord, I'll be satisfied. Praise God. And so Jesus told his disciples, praise God, amen. He said, go to Jerusalem. Huh? 
he breathed on them just before he ascended. And he told them to go to Jerusalem and stay there. This is another thing we don't do. Now, now, I have laid hands on people and they have received the Holy Ghost right away. But I have to admit, amen, it's not the majority of people, amen, have received the Holy Ghost that way. The majority of folks that I've been around that received the Holy Ghost had to call on the name of the Lord, just like Romans chapter 10 says. For whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord, and the name of the Lord is Jesus Christ. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord, the Bible says, shall be saved, shall be delivered. Delivered from what? Delivered from sin. Praise the Lord. Because you can't be in the church and in the world. You can't be saved and a sinner. You're one or the other. And if you're splitting the fence, you're the other as far as God is concerned. Because he's not going to share his glory with anybody. You've got to be saved all the time. As soon as you start thinking a thought of sin, you need to repent. And say, Lord, help me to get this right. Don't you know the enemy would love to mess you up? You've got a wonderful chance to, 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 to live with the Lord forever. You think the devil's going to sit back and let you coast into the kingdom of God? Huh? The law and the prophets were until John, the Bible said. And since that time, the kingdom of God is preached and every man presses his way into it. And so we done got a whole even Pentecostalism, apostolic churches of this easy believism to this day until folk are coming through, amen, and they're not even really speaking with other tongues as the Spirit gives utterance. But from the pulpit to the door, somebody's telling them, you got it, you got it, you got it, you got it. And the folk can't live right. Their spirit is terrible. Their attitude is nasty. They're insubordinate. They can't obey. Praise the Lord. Nothing much about them has changed, but now they know how to clap with the beat. There ought to be such a miraculous change in you until the people that know you best say, something has happened to you. Don't tell me about what somebody said that don't know you. I'm talking about folk that live with you, eat with you, sleep with you, praise God, ride with you. If they can't see a change in you, you ain't changed because it takes the Holy Ghost to change you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so here these people were. Jesus said, go to Jerusalem and wait there. We don't want to wait. We don't want to wait. He said, wait until you be endued, until this Holy Ghost come upon you, until you be endued with power from on high. For Jesus said in Acts 1 and 8, after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you shall have power. How come you can't stop doing things that are not like God? You claim you got power. Either you don't have it or you're grieving the Holy Spirit of God. And Paul said in Ephesians 4.30, don't do that. And don't tell me you love Jesus because you're lying. Because Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And he said on another occasion, my commandments are not grievous. You don't feel bad like I'm being hemmed up. I can't do it. I want to do it. You're not supposed to be doing what you want to do anymore. When you claim to be saved, you're not supposed to be doing what you feel and what you want to do anymore. Huh? Because you're supposed to be dying to self. Praise the Lord. And so whatever self is, and too many of you walk in self. You walk in self and you're selfish. Praise the Lord. You want to have your own way, do your own thing, behave like you want to behave, come when you want to come, go when you want to go, and you think you're all right. You better be careful because the God that I serve gave you life, and the God that I serve can take it back. And if he take it back and you ain't ready, to hell you going. I don't care how long you sat up in the church. I don't care how many years you claim to be saved. If you're wrong and you die, to hell you go. And it didn't have to be. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. 
He says, go to Jerusalem and stay there. Wait there until you be endued with power from on high. And so that's what they did. They went to Jerusalem. They sang. They prayed. It wasn't just the uh, 11 because Judas had killed himself. Mary, the mother of Jesus, was there. Her children, her other children other than Jesus was there. And other disciples of Jesus until the total number was 120 people. And they went in up to this upper room to do what Jesus said to do, to wait there until they received the Holy Ghost. And there's no shame in waiting. It's better than jumping off the altar, so to speak, and running back because you shook a little bit. I used to have a good friend of mine when we were in college many years ago, before he's a pastor now, but before he received the Holy Ghost, uh, uh, each of us had a little old uh, uh, Volkswagen bug, the old ones. And, and those things are pretty light. And that brother, we'd be riding down and he was calling on Jesus and seeking the Lord for the gift of the Holy Ghost. He didn't get it right away, but he would quicken sometime and the whole Volkswagen would shake. And some of y'all can't shake a lick. And he didn't even have the Holy Ghost. Just like down in the city of Samaria, before they received the Holy Ghost, the Bible said there was great joy in that city. You claim you got it and you can't move, you don't feel nothing, you're lying. You need to come back and get this right. Don't you dare let that undertaker get a hold of you. You better get it right before you breathe the last spirit. Because the Holy Ghost is not a bad attitude. It's not a disobedient spirit. It's not an insubordinate spirit. It's not a I'm going to have my own way. I don't care what the pastor says, spirit. It's not a, I'm going to do what I want to do, spirit. It's a shedding of self, a shedding of self, a laying aside of every weight and the sin that so oftenly besets you. It's pulling off and getting rid of everything that's not like God. Amen. Hallelujah. So you can become more and more like Jesus Christ. He said in John 8, 29, I always do the things that please my Father. Can we say that? Do we always do the things that please the Lord? If we claim to have his spirit and his power, we ought to be able to. Hallelujah. You ought to be able to. If you're not, I would check myself. Praise the Lord. Because as I said earlier, a lot of people now, they're, they're laying hands on folk and the folks shake a little bit. They got it. She got it. He got it. Huh? And before they can get to their car, good almost, they're lighting up a cigarette. They're still drinking alcohol. They're still looking at pornography. I'm talking about the things that were binding them before they got baptized and before they claimed they got saved. The same old spirit is on them and they're still doing it. Huh? They were running from man to man and woman to woman. They were homosexuals. They were lesbians. They were taking drugs. Huh? You don't have no Holy Ghost in doing them kind of things. God's not going to dwell in no unclean vessel. Oh, no. Hallelujah. So here go these folk now. Amen. We had a good time. The music was good. We had a glorious time. The people were jumping and singing and shouting. Well, they're doing that everywhere now. Uh, they're doing that everywhere. I'm sure they probably have somebody dancing on that side of the street and on that side of the street and maybe down there if they're not too sophisticated. Hallelujah. But what you want is the real Holy Ghost. So even you can see there's a noticeable difference in your behavior and in your desires, your desire to pray and to, and to read the word of God and to be obedient and to fellowship with the saints and feel the true presence of the Lord. You want overcoming power. You want to walk in victory. You want that same old bondage to be on you and pulling you back and pulling you back and holding you back and you can't feel the power of God like you ought to. Hallelujah. That's what you want. If you don't know, I'm here to tell you. You want something that can help you to stand up huh? when the enemy's trying to press you down. You want something that can withstand temptation because we're all tempted. But with the Holy Ghost, you don't have to yield. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So they're telling folks now they got it. It. They don't even say they got the Holy Ghost. They, you got it. What a disrespectful way to refer to the Holy Ghost. And a lot of these people don't have anything. 
They have yet to really receive it. Let me tell you something. The Bible tells us in Acts chapter 2, verse 4, and they were all filled. This is my contention. A lot of people are feeling the presence of the Lord. It is coming upon them. They feel oh, tingling or whatever, but they're yet to be filled. They're yet to be filled with the Holy Ghost. When those people in Acts chapter 4 received the, uh, Acts chapter 2 received the gift of the Holy Ghost, the Bible said they were accused of being drunk. Some of you are drunk off disobedience, drunk off selfishness, drunk off a hard-headedness, resisting what's right. You're drunk off that, but you ain't been drunk in the Holy Ghost yet. Huh? You haven't been drunk in the Holy Ghost. Haven't been drunk in the Holy Ghost yet. You're drunk off sex, drunk off drugs, drunk off adultery, but you haven't been drunk in the spirit yet. Yes, people used to, get, I guess, get drunk in those days off of alcohol. So they must have been doing it for centuries. Huh? And they could see them, drunk people, they can't walk too straight. Huh? They're kind of staggering. And sometimes they're loud, even quiet people. That's why so many folk in the world that claim that they're, you know, I, I have a very uh, laid-back spirit. That's why a lot of folk in the world drink. That's the only way they can take their little breaks off and get outside of themselves. And then they do and say things they never would if they had a little more self-control. Huh? But they drink and they get loud. And they're staggering. You've seen drunk people before. Huh? And they're lifting their foot up this high when it only needs to be lifted up this high. They can't see straight. It might look a little comical, but that's what happens when a person is full of alcohol or full of dope. And so these people were speaking with other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance, not as somebody told them, repeat after me, because that's another bit of foolishness that's going on in this day and time. You've got the evangelical world that's completely confused about the doctrine of tongues. They're confused. And I guess they are, because they don't have the Holy Ghost, because it takes the Holy Ghost to give you revelation. That's what you need is revelation. Praise the Lord. And without revelation, you get this all mixed up. Amen. That's why they have to preach forgiveness every time they gather together because since the last time, somebody done messed up royally from the pulpit to the door. Huh? They can't keep their hands off these women because they can't keep their eyes off them. Some of these preachers, I'm talking about male ones, are sleeping with men. And everybody's got to come in every week to hear another motivational speech so they can get pumped up and feel good about themselves. What happened to the Holy Ghost? I thought the Holy Ghost was supposed to pick you up and help you feel good and inspire you. It's not the preacher's job to pump you up. It's your preacher's job to preach the word. If it stir you up and make you feel good, fine. If it make you feel bad, fine. Repent and get better. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But stop practicing denial. You're not doing yourself any favor. You're setting yourself up for destruction. And so every week, somebody's got to come in and have some other show, some other game, some other prop to get these people excited because they haven't lived in sin since last Sunday night. Huh? Cursing, swearing, drinking, lying. Huh? And a host of other things. And then they come back to church on Sunday morning and they need somebody to encourage them and lift them up because they don't have the Holy Ghost. And the preachers tell them, you don't need to speak with tongues. That was for the, for the original church. Huh? That's not for us today. Now it's amazing to me that they want to prophesy but they don't want to speak with tongues as the Spirit give utterance. You got prophet this, prophet that, prophet the other. And most of the times when I hear the prophets in the Old Testament and some in the New Testament open their mouth, it's a warning. 
Now everybody's blessing everybody. You're going to come into your season. All this kind of crazy talk. God forbid that we should repeat that foolishness. Everybody's going to prosper. Only if you obey. And there's no guarantee that you're going to prosper with material things. Your soul needs to prosper. Hallelujah. And so people are being told they have the spirit and they don't have anything. Hallelujah. And they're sinning and they're lying to themselves and the preacher's lying to them. And they're having this terrible problem on the inside. Their blood pressure is up, their heart beating fast because they know they're not right. And all they have to do is repent. Come down off their proud horse and repent. And when they repent like they should, their blood pressure will go down, their heart rate will go down. They're liable to get completely healed. Praise the Lord. You got to stop sinning. The body was never designed to practice sin and be all right. It'll have a physical effect on you, a detriment. Sin is a destroyer. Makes people look older than they are. Teeth falling out. Huh? Face wrinkling up. Can't see. Can't navigate. Sin will limit you. Keeps limiting you until it puts you in the grave. But it's a completely different thing with the Holy Ghost. And so y'all need to turn WIHS off if you can't pick the, the bones from the fish. I call it because it's a local uh, 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 Christian station down here. Some things are good on it, but if you're going to believe everything that's said on it, you, the Bible says in the gospel, in the, in the book of John, chapter uh, uh, 2, I believe it is, of 1 John, that you don't need anybody to teach you when you have the Holy Ghost. Now, what, Paul, what John meant by that was not that you didn't need a pastor or a preacher. He meant you didn't need somebody that doesn't have the Holy Ghost. Because the Holy Ghost will guide you into all truth and righteousness. You don't need someone that has yet to receive the Holy Ghost to guide you. That makes about as much sense as a baby in the womb talking to you and telling you where to go. Huh? When did a baby in the womb can direct somebody out the womb? They're not even born yet. They're not born again yet. And you better be careful of what they're saying about the scripture because without the Holy Ghost, you don't have revelation. You might have information. Huh? You might have a lot of trivia, but there's no revelation. Jesus, hallelujah. That's why you need a real preacher. Somebody got some backbone and guts and not going to take down. Scripture said, how shall they hear without a preacher and how shall he preach except he be sent? A lot of these folks out here, saints, are these so-called preachers. God never called them and he never sent them. A lot of these people are just ambitious people that don't want to sit under somebody else. They're out there doing their own thing because they're insubordinate. Or they think they're going to use the pulpit for, for political gain or popular gain or to make money or to run a harem. I'm telling you just like it is. That's just like it is. And you sit someplace where the word of God is declared in its fullness and foolishness is not tolerated and you get mad with me. I'm not going to be like you. I'm going to obey the word. And if you stay here, you got to obey the word. Because the Bible says, Jeremiah said, God's word is like a hammer and it's like a fire. It never told me it was like a massage. And that's what's happening today. People are being messiah. They want to come in and the preacher just to loosen up there so they can feel good. Listen, if you're living right, you already feel good. Amen. What I need to do to make you feel good. If, you, if you're living holy, you already feel good. If you feel holy, you can hardly say Jesus twice without quickening. If you're living holy, praise God, amen, you feel like picking up your heels and clapping your hands, praise God. Don't nobody have to crank you up because the Holy Ghost has cranked you up. You came in cranked. But when you're not obeying the word of God, you come in and you're condemned. 
and you need somebody to soothe you. You don't need no preacher to play patty cake with you. What you need to do is repent. Because as soon as you repent, the Holy Ghost will do more for you than any human being could ever do. God is not a man that he should lie or the son of man that he should repent. If he said it, he's going to do it. Praise the Lord. And the Lord will bless you and give you joy unspeakable and full of glory and anoint you from heaven and his glory will be on you. Praise God. Hallelujah. And you'll feel like running through troops and leaving over walls when you live right. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We used to be able to sing a song, I feel all right, no condemnation. People don't sing that no more. Because they're sitting up in the pews, even in apostolic churches, full of condemnation. Because they won't stay out of sin. Hallelujah. Let me wrap up. So here we are in Acts chapter 2. They went to Jerusalem. They stayed there. Waiting on the promise. The promise was the Holy Ghost. And while they were praying, and nobody was worrying about the time and the clock, while they were praying, the Bible said the day of Pentecost fully came. Hmm? And they were all in, with one accord, in one place. Huh? It's tough to get people with one accord now. That's why, saints, we got to pray all the more. We got to pray until the foundations of hell are shaken. We've got to pray until everybody that's been enjoying himself in sin, amen, praise God, can't sit in the seat of the righteous. You got folks sitting in the church just as sinning on back and feeling comfortable. We've got to pray until the sinner feel like screaming and getting right or running out. Hallelujah. 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 Because the Lord is able to make you right if you want to be right. But you ought not be allowed to sit up in the church, amen, and fake being a child of God if you're not right. This Holy Spirit will drive you out. Hallelujah. Praise God. They were in one place with one accord. And at that moment, Suddenly there came a sound from heaven, the Bible says, as of, as of a rushing mighty wind. I told you the Bible that Jesus said in John 3 that the Holy Ghost is like the wind. Rushing mighty wind came in and it sat on each of them. It sat on everybody because everybody was with one accord. Today the Holy Ghost got to kind of pick and choose. It got to jump all over if it can move at all. Because you got so much mess sitting in the pew. But in that place, amen, the Bible says that the Holy Ghost came in and sat on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. Amen. Praise the Lord. They were accused of being drunk and Peter didn't deny it. He said they're drunk but not like you suppose. He said this is that which was prophesied by Joel. God said in the last days I'm going to pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Praise the Lord. And that's exactly what began to happen in Acts chapter 2, way back there in, in, in uh, the early part of, uh, of this age. And it's still happening today. Praise the Lord. And I'll tell you something else. The Lord wants to move mightily in this house again. But we're going to clean house. We're going to clean house. We're going to clean house. Because I want to be in a church where the power of God moves and, and, man, and, and the kind of testimony Sister Greider gave the other night can be a, a lot of people's testimony that aren't feeling well. And the Holy Ghost can fall on folk, praise God, amen, when they hit that door. Do you not know we can pray until when people drive by there, they can feel the presence of God even though they don't know what it is? Until when people pull in the parking lot, something they feel something they never felt before? You don't believe it, but I do. Praise the Lord. And when they come in, they come in with a tender heart to hear the word of God and believe the Lord. People need to be saved because time is winding up. And we can't play anymore. Praise the Lord. We've got to be about our Father's business. 
Praise God. And so we don't have to wait for the Holy Ghost to come at some point in time. Jesus said what he said because he hadn't been glorified yet. But he's been glorified now. He died on the cross. He was buried and he rose from the dead on the third day according to the scriptures. And he ascended up into heaven. And he sent back the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. And so you can have it. You don't have to fake it. You can have the real thing. And Peter said in 1 Peter, I believe, uh, chapter 1 or 2, he said, it'll be in you like joy unspeakable and full of glory. You need to receive the Holy Ghost until you are joyful. Praise the Lord. I'm not saying you got to laugh like a hyena, but when you receive the Holy Ghost, you will become joyful. When you are filled with the Holy Ghost. You will become joyful. I don't care what your personality type, I don't care what any psychologist or Maslow says. Even in Samaria, before the Bible says they received the Holy Ghost, there was great joy in that city. The Holy Ghost that, that come into a person and fill them never left them the same. Never left them the same. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It don't change your personality, but I'll tell you one thing. When you're obeying the word, you don't feel down and out and condemned and sad. You have joy unspeakable and full of glory. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And so the Holy Ghost is available now. Even here, the Holy Ghost is available. You can receive the real Holy Ghost and not a that's it. And not a shake. Huh? You can speak with other tongues as the Spirit give utterance. Listen, when you are really filled with the Holy Ghost, I'm talking about the first time. You ought to speak with other tongues and, 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 and it's uncontrollable. This is so new, you don't know how to shut it down. Later on, you find out the spirit of the prophets is subject to the prophet. But when the Holy Ghost first comes, it, Jesus said it will be in you, didn't he say so? Like a well of water doing what? He didn't say it would be like a cool uh, lake, a calm lake. He said it would be like a well of water that looked like it got a pump in it. It will spring up into everlasting life. Praise the Lord. And so if you didn't get it that way, don't sit here and be proud and be left when we go. Get yourself back on the altar and say, Pastor, I, I need to get this right. I need to get this right. Because I don't feel nothing hardly. I'm sad all the time. I'm bent out of shape. I'm despairing. Praise the Lord. I don't have any joy. I can't do right. Just come on back to Jesus and say, Lord, have mercy on me. Forgive me. Do this all over for me. Don't you think he'll hear you? He wants you to be right with him. Come on and stand with me. We need the Holy Ghost. If you don't have it today, you need it. Repent right where you stand. Nobody can repent for you. They say, Lord, I'm wrong and I want to get right. You repent right now. Hallelujah. And open up yourself and, and show the sign of openness by lifting your hands to the Lord. And saying, Lord, I want you to come in and do something for me because I've got to be right with you. And I don't want to take a chance and die and not go to heaven. I want to have the real spirit, not just a touch. I want you to fill me to overflowing so I can go from faith to faith, from victory to victory in you. So you can be glorified in my life. I want to have joy. I want to have peace. I want to have love. Hallelujah. I want to see the fruit of the Spirit begin to be manifest in my life. Hallelujah. And this funny attitude I have, I know this can't be from Christ. Huh? This disobedient spirit is saying, it can't be from Christ. Lord, forgive me and take it away. And fill me with your Spirit and make me what you would have me to be. 
You do not know, God said, the day you hear my voice. Harden not your heart. Friend, no one knows what tomorrow holds. No one knows. That's why God said, the day you hear my voice, harden not your heart. Come get right with the Lord now. Then it doesn't make a difference what happens. I was talking to a pastor a week or two ago, and he was telling me about a mother in the church, in their church. She's going on to be with the Lord now, but when she was living, she had a daughter that was kind of messed up in the world. And she would come to church sometime, but she was a grown woman, but she didn't really want to give herself to the Lord. One day she came, and the word of God pricked her heart. It stunned her. It stunned her. Hallelujah. And the Holy Ghost, so she fully repented, and the Holy Ghost hit her, and the Holy Ghost filled her right there in that morning worship service. And, of course, everybody was rejoicing, including her. Service was over. The young lady and her mother got in the car to go home. And as they began to drive home, in a moment, she began to feel funny. And she pulled, made a right-hand turn off the main thoroughfare there was on onto a side street and pulled the car over. She had had much presence. And when she pulled the car over and turned it off, her head went back. And she died. She had a heart attack. A massive heart attack right there. And she died. And so a few minutes later, the mother called the pastor. Pastor, pastor, my daughter's gone. My, pastor, my daughter's dead. But you know what? While that hurt and that was sad, she died in Christ. She died in Christ. If she didn't come to church that day, maybe she wouldn't have received the Holy Ghost. But she came that day and God gave her one more chance and she seized it. Not knowing that within an hour or two she would leave this world. But at least she left this world to be with the Lord. This is serious business because none of us knows where death is. And you don't need to provoke God and have him take his life and his breath back. You better be thankful. I say, Lord, with everything that's within me, I'm going to give my life to you. This wasn't an old woman. But she died in Christ. The story had a good end. For those of us that are saved, the story had a good end. Because she was probably going to have a heart attack anyway. But thank God for his intervention. Thank God for his intervention. Praise the Lord. Somebody needs the Lord to intervene today. If you're here and you haven't repented from your sins, I encourage you to do that. Tell the Lord you're sorry. Ask him to forgive you. If you've done that and you want to be baptized so your sins can be washed away, because that's the only way they're going to be washed away. You must be baptized in water in the name of the Lord Jesus. If you want to be baptized, just raise your hand and come on down now. We'll get you ready. We've got clothes for males and females.